everyone. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Behind the Scenes TV podcast, Soap from the Box. And what a special episode I've got for you for a very special week. Oh yes, Neighbours has pulled off the biggest back from the dead plot twist in its history. The beloved Australian soap has shocked everyone this week by making an announcement. It will be making a return in 2023. How exciting. With a brand new home on streaming service Amazon Free V. I, for one, am very excited. It means I've got lots more soap stars to talk to just for you. Remember, there are 60 episodes of Soap from the Box available right now to download. So once you've listened to this one, have a look back at the menu and see who else you fancy listening to. To celebrate Neighbours coming back, I've got an interview with Matty Wilson. I did this a little while ago. He plays Aaron in the show. Very popular, very lovely guy. Enjoy. Propelled into the limelight in 2015 when he joined Australia's longest-running TV show, Neighbours, my guest today landed the role by sending a video of himself performing a scene before he got his audition. Destined as a guest part only, his enduring quality promoted him to a full-time cast member. He also recently managed to keep becoming a dad secret until he actually became a dad. Yes, he knows how to pull off a cliffhanger. Aaron Brennan, the man with the big heart but the cheeky streak himself, please welcome Matty Wilson. Hello, mate. <laughs> Lee, what an intro. Yeah, Thanks, whoa. that's so, so kind of you. That's okay. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being a guest and uh, well done for pulling off that. I mean, I love actually when I get guests and I've tried to research you and you're obviously an actor who keeps his personal life private, which I love how it should be. So <laughs> very, but very hard to find like little quirky facts about you. But I mean, that would, that must've been quite hard keeping that a secret though. What's that? that well, being a dad. For so, you oh know. yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, well I, yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. Why we. Uh, why we did it that way. Well, it's, um, it's your business, I suppose. So it's nice to keep it with the yeah. two people. The two people who means the most to. I th- yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe, maybe growing older has made me um, tune out of social media just a little bit more. There's something about soap, because over here, obviously, our longest running soap is Corrie, Coronation Street, that's been going 64 years, I think. And there's still, there's still wow. some people there, the longest cast members there for like 61 years, which is just incredible. I mean, obviously, when you got the role, I said before, it was supposed to be a guest part, um, and then you got promoted to full time. So was that weird in itself? Because obviously, your mind sets you, I think, was it 10 weeks you were supposed to be there originally? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, maybe eight weeks. I think it was. It was basically at the same time. So I would. I'd been a carpenter for um, ten years, and I was. I had. It takes seven years to apply for your builder's license, and I had the paperwork wow. ready to go on a Friday when I got an email from um, Jason Herbison saying we'd like to offer you the eight week role. I mean, eight weeks isn't really enough to quit your career, but it seemed to. We seemed to make it stick. So we're still here, nearly seven years later. That's amazing. Oh, so so you were just about to actually start. You weren't like you hadn't got the license. You were just about to embark on that. No, it took seven years oh to get God. that qualification. That's like a lawyer. Quit it. <laughs> That's like a lawyer over here. Yeah. Well, you don't have to go to university or anything, but it, it still it still took a long time. But um, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just fate. Fate had it, and here yeah. we are. The, the stars aligned. Now it says I read that you did this, that you auditioned a scene before you went in. But was that that was obviously was that them asking you, or had you kind of gone off your own back to do that? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you um, I don't know if you know, but I, I actually applied for Tyler Brennan. Oh, right. Um, okay. And I got down to one of the three finalists, so for lack of a better term. Um, and I, uh, where does this start? So basically, what happened was I did acting school years and years, like just for fun, just with some other tradie mates, and we would go to the pub for dinner and then go to acting school on on a Thursday night, and we would just oh, muck right. around. No one ever wanted to to do it for a living. And um, I was also doing presenting work at that time for other stuff. So I had a manager. And then my manager called me one day and said, hey, can, do you know how to act? And I I really don't know. I didn't know how to act. And I said, shit, yeah, I, I can act. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a great actor. She's like, all right, can you put this tape down by tomorrow? And I was like, oh, man, why oh, did no. I do that? So I hired an acting coach to help me with it. <laughs> Because I, I was never really that good. We were only doing it for fun. So we got it and, and put it down. And then I got to one of the, the top, the three spots for Tyler Brennan. And they flew me down to um, to Melbourne from Sydney. And when a company's flying you into state for, for, for a potential gig, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that um, is really exciting. I'm sure you were actually good if you got down to the final three quite quickly. Uh, I did. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just... I can't even listen to my own voicemail. It makes me cringe, let alone watch myself on TV. So maybe it's just, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just my own self-criticism. So, but um, I didn't, I didn't get Tyler. As you know, Travis Burns got Tyler. And then I think about nine months later, or maybe it was a year later, Jason, um, he must've liked what I had. And he, he made a character, Aaron, based off what I did in the audition. Um. He, he could see that there was something in there and he was like, oh, I know what to do. Let's make another brother. That's brilliant. That is brilliant because I do these acting classes as well. We always say casting directors and directors don't really know what they're looking for when someone comes in. So that guy, obviously, he came in and gave them Tyler, but then they obviously went, oh my God, we have to create a role for this. Because I've been on loads of soap auditions where then they get, you know, they've written roles purposely for other people. So it's even more of a cool, yeah. it's even more of a cool way in, isn't it? Getting a part written for you. <laughs> I know, what a story. <laughs> and you obviously relocated from Sydney, didn't you? To Melbourne, to Melbourne. So English to Melbourne. To Melbourne. <laughs> um, I mean, what is that? I mean, obviously you should have done Home and Away because you wouldn't have had to move. But I mean, is that a big lifestyle change, Sydney to Melbourne over there? Mate, if I was on Home and Away, we would be in the sunshine. We would be on the beach. <laughs> yeah, and you wouldn't be locked down. <laughs> um, no, yeah, ma- massive difference. Ma- I think I'd been to Melbourne. I'd visited Melbourne once before. And it just, it just like, there's a big rivalry. I'm sure you've got the same rivalries over there. Sydney siders don't like people from Melbourne. People from Melbourne don't like people from Sydney. It's always Sydney's the best, Melbourne's the best. And so we never really cross over. And so it wasn't until I sort of got, this This also speaks to the, the cast and everything. It wasn't until I got the, the gig, moved down, met the cast, started going out for a dinner here and there and built up like a, a group of friends. And before I knew it, I was a part of, I was, I was a Melbournean. <laughs> what, did you, what did your mates think to that i don't i don't, I don't know i don't know <laughs> they're still on the building sites with, with sore backs and and calluses all over their hands so maybe they're a bit jealous and the weather is that different then i mean for people in the uk that wouldn't have been to australia i mean i've been to both actually and i love them both yeah melbourne what more, do you think melbourne was more uk i thought i thought sydney was more kind of american um in the wet like just the sense okay. we well, probably because it's a, sunny and stuff when i went to melbourne yeah it was just raining the whole time man we get we get people over here from um the uk all the time and they go man this is so cold 
What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. So if I was going to move to Australia, although saying that, I'd love to come and do Neighbours, obviously. So I would be basically... Because you are. Yeah. yeah moving <laughs> to the UK. But, um, and we talked about that London episode. I mean, did you... You've got, you know, some amazing people back from the old days, like Annie Jones and um, Jeff, mm. Stapp, obviously Steph and Dennis, the god of... Um, of neighbours did you realize how big because it's huge over here still but it used to be massive did you did you sense how big neighbours was did you know how big it was going into it I mean were you a fan of it when you were young um look I'm I I risk getting fired on this but I was a fan of home and away okay yeah Yeah. we used to watch at the same time every day after school um (laughs) and we, I never, ever, ever watched Neighbours, but um, I mean, it wasn't wasn't hard to adapt to. They're very different shows now. Yeah, they're Once very upon different. Once a time, I think they're they'll, really they'll be more shows, similar. Yeah. yeah. I think they always were quite different in a way because we, we embrace them both over here because I think Home and Away, yeah, you just escape to the beach every day, but there was something about Neighbours. <laughs> there was similarity that people, but because of that, UK, it's the first. Now you'll realise about the podcast, we play a lot of stupid games, but only basically to give people at home brilliant facts. So you might not know these, you probably won't know these, but do you know how many people watched the wedding of Scott and Charlene in the UK in 1988? (laughs) To the nearest nearest million. Let's go 26 million. Oh no, wow, you've gone really high. 19.6 million. That's that's incredible, isn't it? One episode, 19.6 million that is like I, I, I don't know if you know much about australian tv ratings at the moment in terms of like not just soaps but what peaks massively and the, the voice um right. <clears throat> when it was in its heyday maybe five years ago that would peak at maybe three million oh really for the, wow for the finale and to to think that like i don't know maybe less people had tvs back in the scott and charlene days as well yeah, well, we had less channels. And 19 it, million. That was on at like five o'clock or whatever back in the day as well. So it wasn't even peak time. It's like it showed the yeah. same bit. Um, Stefan was on the first episode and he said when they, because they flew the entire cast over for the Royal Variety performance for the Queen at that peak. And uh, he, they didn't even really <laughs> know how big they were. Do you know what I mean, so they walked off the plane suddenly and they were like J-Lo walking off the plane. Do you know what I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Um, Stefan would have loved every minute of that too. <laughs> he would have loved. Yeah, he said you and him and Ryan Thomas had some fun when you, he was out playing playing uh, on Neighbours. Ah, well. uh, yeah. We can't <laughs> talk about that though. <laughs> no, he didn't talk about it either. <laughs> um, what do these UK celebrities all have in common? Emma Bunton, Lily Allen, Matt Lucas, and Michael Parkinson. I mean, it should be quite easy to see what we're talking about. <clears throat> uh, those singers. Yeah, no, they're all they've all been in neighbours. So Emma Bunton was all been in spells. Yeah, Lily Allen. I didn't know that. I didn't know these things. I didn't know these things. Um it's neither did I. No, see this is funny because you see these like retro photos of superstars, absolute superstars who have cameoed on neighbours years and years and years ago, and you're like, What? Why didn't why am I only learning about that now? I know it's incredible, isn't it? Those people that have been in it. Have you been to? Have you been to the UK? Are you a UK fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a couple of times. Where Where have you been? London, around the around the UK. Oh, would you do Panto actually? Because obviously a lot of when obviously not this year, but Panto, Panto was a big thing for neighbours and us uh, and home. Yeah, I know. Tempted by it that. looked like so much fun as well, especially Ryan Maloney's um, efforts. He's I think in. Um, in Ryan Maloney's house, for those, this is Toadie, the Toadfish. Yeah. He's got he's got this big poster of him 
um, in a panto. <laughs> it just looks like so much fun. It's so much um, fun. If you don't know panto, because they're not, you don't, do you have pantos over there? No. No, we do every now and then, but nowhere near as much as the UK. It's a very weird phenomenon. My, my husband, I always say this, is from Lithuania. When he came and I took him to a pantomime, his head was blown for weeks because he was like, what the hell have you just taken me to watch? Um, <laughs> what, in a good way? <laughs> in a good way. It's just the weirdest yeah, thing great. because it's meant for kids, but it's got like this whole different level that's so for adults. It's so clever how it does it. So you're actually watching so clever. probably the rudest thing ever, but for kids. You and they wouldn't. don't take themselves too seriously, like a lot of theatre. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't take yourself seriously if you're jumping around in a you know dress or whatever. But it is quite yeah. incredible. Um, okay, so now to go what this the, to get through the storylines, what I do again is a bit of a quiz about the character. But again, oh this man, get us talking. I know. Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm fail miserably. Every, everyone fails this miserably. People like right. actors basically remember their lines for like two days, and then everything else just gets forgotten because that's the way exactly it works. right. Yeah, so, um, deleted. But I know you'll get this one. Which job uh, did Aaron enter the show doing? Stripper. Exotic yes. dancer. Exotic dancer. <laughs> Exotic dancer. We actually <laughs> weren't allowed to say, because of the G rating, we weren't allowed to say the word stripper. But no. Exo- exotic dancer. Makes yeah. you sound like you've got kind of, yeah, you're um, in the Caribbean somewhere. But, I mean, how was that How was that to go into that? I mean, not only is it nerve-wracking joining a soap, uh, but then you have to join a soap taking your clothes off in the first scene. Right. And not only that, yeah, I had to take my clothes off doing something that, like I don't know how to do. I don't know how to dance. <laughs> I can fake a lot of things, but I can't fake that. Um, so it was some very clever editing. Um, but it was it was weird, too, you know, because like I said, we, we had to call it an exotic dancer because um, the G rating, there were so many rules around it as well. Right. And so they weren't allowed to sh- shoot to take any shot of me removing a piece of clothing. But you were allowed to show the clothing on and then cut to something else and then cut back to having the clothing off. And you were, I was allowed to interact with one person in the crowd, but not two people. And no one was allowed to touch bare skin. Right. Okay. That's weird because most most people know that a a piece of clothing would come off your body. So it's weird you can't see it coming off like that. If you're at the beach, but there's no difference. (laughs) No, that's mad. Well, at least least for the G rating, you knew there'd be like these uh, stipulations in place though, that it wouldn't go. But I mean, what was that? Do you remember this? Was it your actual first scene? Because as we know in Soap again, a lot of things were out of order. Oh, so they did actually make it your first scene. They did make you that, that dive. It's absolutely, it's absolute evil. Like, well, how could you do that to me? (laughs) I was so... (laughs) No, it was it was good. There was uh it was with Colette and Colette is um she's a mum. She's a mama and so she takes everyone under her wing and and helps you through everything. So she was up there um sort of guiding me through it because I didn't not only do you you think, wow, you're doing your first acting gig on an international TV show, you, you you've got to remember your words, you have to remember the moves that you make, you have to remember people's names, yeah. you have to oh, like, yeah. perform. Yeah. Yeah. at the same time wow. and, and, and i had to learn how to dance um so it was it was pretty daunting but it, i i can't remember it that much really I, no, I just, everyone, um, everyone on the podcast says they can't remember that like uh, or they remember their first scene vividly but what i've loved about this podcast is literally every single person has been on their first scene was either in the pub at a big like charity event in the show or so i think basically <laughs> they do just think, well, let's put you right in at the deep end because it can't get any harder than this. Did you get dark then? Did you learn how did you learn how to be an exotic dancer? Um <clears throat> look, I, I fell short of going to any any clubs. 
Um, <laughs> I did watch Magic Magic Mike a few times. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you you can't go from zero to Channing Tatum overnight. No, no. there's no possible way. So we yeah. had a we had a couple of lessons, but um, I think we needed quite a few more. No, I haven't seen this game. I'm gonna to have to watch it after this actually to get my bet. Nah, you don't want to do Magic Mike a few times. That's 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 like that's going all out for your job as well. Um, anyone that loves Magic Mike, obviously, what a it's not a hard movie to watch. It's a pretty good movie. It is quite funny. Uh, what was Aaron's backstory before he'd been uh, exotic dancing? Uh, so Aaron had been working in the mines yes. in Western Australia, um, and he was also in a dance troupe. Oh, he was um, in as well. Yeah, that's very much. Yeah, that's very kind of Magic Mike-esque storyline, I suppose, isn't it, really? Yeah. I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe not going down the mines, but um, I love that they gave it such a brilliant backstory. But anyway, so what other, name two other jobs he's had since? He started a, a company. I guess Aaron's a bit of a, um, a entrepreneur, a, a, like a not an entrepreneur, a entrepreneur. So he wants to be, <laughs> he thinks he's successful because he's registered a business name. Um, and so he did start a company called Brand Enthusiasm, which um, oh, wow. just fizzled out, which I guess was like a PR company or something. Um, and he sort of organized all of the events in Erinsborough for a couple of months there. And then he went on to buy a gym called The Shed. Yes. And before that, I've got that he was actually a bit for a while. He was a bodyguard for Paul Robinson. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I completely forgot about that. How <laughs> I mean, what a brilliant job for Paul Robinson. Absolutely hilarious. I'm sure I'm oh. sure Stefan comes up with these storylines. He's like, I think Paul needs a bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't stop thinking about stupid stuff like that. <laughs> And I've also got you were an exec assistant for someone as well. I think. I don't. For a, okay. For a lady. Let me think about that. Yeah, that exec was assistant. Exec assistant for. Oh, I didn't write down who for, but anyway, well, we'll leave that one by the by. As you've got, I can't. You can't. That was after the bodyguard, apparently, before you were the social media. I've got no idea. <laughs> oh, I need to. I'll, I'll find it out by the end of the podcast. But uh, okay, so you were the third brother to be introduced. I mean, this one you should easily know. Obviously, name your other two brothers. Uh, Tyler and Mark. That's right. Yeah, I was about to go with their real names then. Tyler, Scott, and Travis. They were Scott and Travis. And what was that like coming into? Because I always wonder in a soap, like some people come in as an individual character. Uh, some people come in with a family. Some people come in and join the family. How, which you did? What was that like? Did you? Is it nice going to a f- already established family? Yeah, especially with with my um, lack of experience and lack of confidence joining other, like having got going in with a family and, and a bit of a posse on set um, was really helpful. So I highly recommend it if anyone can organise that sort of situation for yes. when they're joining yeah. a soap. <laughs> That's the best way to join a soap. Still can't believe, so you literally hadn't done any TV. You hadn't like, so it was basically your first TV job, was it? Yeah, I'd done like little little bits of like one-liners here and there, but nothing serious. I, I never, ever, ever wanted to be an actor. Um, and here we are. Here we are, yeah, just in one of the biggest <laughs> shows on telly, yeah. Uh, so he's currently, Aaron's currently in a relationship with David, as we said, can you remember his two, I mean, I'm sure you can again, his other two big uh, relationships? Yeah, there was Maine. Uh, sorry, that's Maine Wyatt, who was, um, oh, Nate. man, 
Nate. Yes, yeah. Nate. Um, and there was Tom for a while there. Brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, Tom, both really good, I've read really good stories. Tom obviously was the huge, it was kind of like a really dark story for him, wasn't it? It led to deaths in the huge explosion and stuff. And that, that was, must, yeah. That must have been quite nice suddenly turning the corner into this huge dark, because obviously you would have had massive stunts to do as well. Was it kind of, is it, that's the best thing about Soap, isn't it? You never know where it's going to turn. Man, you get you get to like dip your toes into every genre that exists, especially yeah, on Neighbours. You've got like drama, there's some action here and there. You've got just comedy and sitcom and um, all romance all all the way through. Uh, murder mysteries, <laughs> it's everything. What was it like doing the stunts? Because obviously, being not working on TV, it must be amazing. I mean, I, when I first did my first stunt, it was just—I mean, I was absolutely petrified to be honest. But uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's you just. I mean, you get so nervous because you don't want to stuff it up because usually stunts are really expensive um, and you don't want everyone to have to go over and do it all over again. But um, I, I love it. Like, I grew up doing a lot of stupid things um, that were way more dangerous than any stunts that we've done. So it was uh, – That's. <laughs> I wish we could do more. You're right, though. They are so exciting. They are so exciting. And you said that just so everyone knows how – how it works at home, who loves soap. So basically stunts, yeah, when I did, I did a big fire at the Queen Vic and EastEnders and uh, we had to have people jumping from the window and the big boss was on set watching, which is always obviously really weird because <laughs> you don't know whether to turn around and go, is that okay? Or just be really kind of like, just keep control, which it did. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he's just sat there watching this huge, um, the worst thing was as well as my first block in EastEnders and then suddenly I had the entire cast that, been on this, that I watched growing up suddenly all with me and I'm directing them. It was like mad. And then a fire. But um, the two two of the characters had to jump out this window and obviously got replaced by stump people. And I've learned one of the biggest things when you're doing stunts is that stump people then try to act, but they can't act. So they <laughs> overact. <laughs> How you can overact pulling out the window, I didn't know could exist, but it does. It did. So I had to ask him to go again. And he was like, oh, that's another 6,000. And I was like, what? Just for them? <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my Give god! Them an inch and they'll take a mile. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm you, like, you... go on. Oh, I was just going to say that the big stunt um, with Tony and Dee's wedding when they drove off the yes. drove off the cliff in the car. So you know yes. about that. For, for anyone who hasn't seen it, you can probably find it on YouTube, and you'll get get ready for the pause button because the the, the dummy in the car had a wig on to make it look like Dee. And as the car was driving off the cliff, the wig flew out the window. So oh, the, dear. <laughs> so you can see Dee's hair flying out the window. Dee suddenly loses her hair by the G-force wind of the cliff. Yeah, and that was that was obviously before times when um, CGI was so available. So they, they just had to keep it. <laughs> That's amazing. I know it's amazing. <laughs> the worst thing when I've been on is if, I don't know whether you've had this on Neighbours, that were like... Um, like a man comes on, you know, we, I remember Kane and Emmerdale, Jeff, like the series, like hero, villain, slash whatever. And his stunt yeah. came on and it was just a woman with a short wig on. And he was mortified. Um, just because like, <laughs> she had the similar body shape to him. Uh, we've also had girls being, you know, kids, almost kids coming on to play them. But um, yeah, Matt, it's brilliant. All the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I love it. So uh Back to back to Aaron. Uh, he's now with David. Obviously, great relationship. The nation and the world has taken that on. They've got married, same-sex wedding, which is amazing. I mean, playing an openly gay character, did you have any second thoughts about that? You're obviously a straight guy, but was it just another job to you, I suppose, for how it should be? It's just like, well, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, exactly right. Man, I quit my I quit my career after 10 years for within I made that decision within 5 minutes so it wasn't wasn't a hard one at all. Yeah. It's um no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know understand why you would. No, not at all because there's a big thing, well not a big thing at the moment, but there's these kind of as everyone does there's things now about whether straight actors should play gay roles which I think is maybe debatable, but I also think it's silly because you wouldn't ask, you wouldn't find a murderer to play a murderer because obviously you need to be able to be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or a stuntman to be an actor. Or a stuntman to be, yeah, definitely don't ask a stuntman to be an actor. You watch the next time anyone you're watching stuntman, it's really, and they are brilliant by the way, but um, yeah, they just can't act. Uh, also, you and, you and um, Take- is it Takaya who plays him, Takaya? Takaya. Takaya, Takaya, you and Takaya. Um, obviously, there's a real chemistry there. Is it is it great when you again get put with someone to be in a relationship with, and there's just a bond there that's quite visible? Yeah, yeah, that's that's another big thing. Like what we were talking about, joining the show with brothers um, or in, into a family. So Takaya is like like me. He's really competitive, so we can sort of bounce off each other in that respect. Um, but he's also like a really hard worker, and he puts in so much work to every scene so you you know that you can rely on him if um you don't quite understand a particular line or whatever or you, you want a different option he's always there to um to fall back on so he's uh yeah he's good it's good there's a lot of people who might rock up and don't really care that much yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah. don't have that much to fall back on so he's uh, a great pick and okay so moving on to the next question um Oh, actually, no, before I move on, because you've said actually about David and Aaron that da- they're perfect because yeah. Aaron's everything David wants to be and David is everything Aaron wants to be, which I think maybe is the same for real life, isn't it? After a lot of failed relationships, actually you don't want someone exactly the same as you. No, I guess that's how it's like, excuse me for the, the bad analogy, but it's like a crossbred dog is, is going to live longer and be healthier because you've got the best of two different breeds. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good way of it. So in a relationship, you've you've got the yeah, the best traits of each person can combine and become one incredible being. <laughs> yeah. So next time you're thinking about your current your next partner, just compare it to go back to this podcast and Matty's analogy of dogs. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> or just when you're on a date, don't go on dates with anyone you get along with. And it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it's true, actually, though. Know, yeah, because, they, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, God, there's, we could write a whole book from a dating perspective. Neighbors. Everybody needs good neighbors. Just a friendly wave each morning. Helps to make a better day. Have you heard of the Duff Duffs in the UK? No. Nah. So EastEnders <laughs> always ends with basically. So you would say the last line, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it go, no, it goes duff, 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 which basically you have to do in your head when you're filming it because it's a really, really long pause that you would have to do at the end. So, <laughs> so that like, did I kill him? Moment takes forever. It's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of soaps. The beauty um, of soaps. So do, is, is is that you asking what happens? No, you can't, I don't think you can tell me what happens. I think we're leaving okay. it with everyone as a dot, dot, dot. We'll just, I mean, okay. you can well, tell let's... me afterwards because I hate, I hate secrets, but yeah. Um, 
but let's go <laughs> so let's let's go to you like i said really hard to find anything about you but i wanted to bring up a couple of points which i think are important because you're also really passionate which i am about animal conservation and you work closely with part-time rangers outside of work um what kind of got you have you always been a keen enthusiast of like animal conservation yeah i have i have and then i think um what what happened was i i sort of got over using social media all the time like you can post a shirtless photo and get all the likes you want but it, <laughs> <laughs> well i don't i don't do that okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's do a test i reckon you <laughs> maddie told me to do this um no and you sort of you sort of get over that and i um i sort of becoming more of a recluse the older i get it's weird oh no get married have a kid shut off to the world after lockdown yeah i mean now like the thought of going up to a busy bar or something i'm like let's just have a bottle of wine at home i think it's happened to us all as you get older yeah win-win for everyone but i think basically i I wasn't a fan of it and i thought look i can't delete this social media account because um unfortunately that's how you you can get an acting gig now just off that yeah um and so I thought if I'm going to use it, why don't I use it for something that, that is important to me and, and means means well. So um, anything that can help spread a message or whatever, I'm, I'm more than happy to jump on board. And I just signed up to become a um, wildlife rescuer as well. Oh, wow. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had um, we had like a baby possum. I don't think you guys have possums over there, do you? No, we don't have them, no. What do they uh, know? It's just for anyone who doesn't know what a possum is, including me, actually. I kind of visualise it. They're not, they're not little kangaroos, no. No, so it's marsupial, lives in a tree. Oh, these okay, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, good. So these real big googly eyes and... They're like bush babies. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, we did, I did exactly. a conservation program in South Africa last year called Work on the Wild Side, which was like, we went and spent loads of time with these people rescuing animals, rhinos, uh, elephants, and then kind of little oh, wow. places, rescuing bush babies and uh, aardvorks, aardvarks. This woman, sorry to divert, was so amazing that to rescue, to rehabilitate an aardvark, you have to take it for seven hour walks at night because it's in bed all day. So she used to walk oh, it for seven hours God. all night. That is dedication. That is dedication, isn't it? But anyway, sorry, you had a baby um, possum. Anyway, yeah, we it's springtime here, so all of the the, the animals are hatching or uh, giving birth everywhere, and, and they often fall out of the tree. So I found one that fell out of the tree and called, oh. called up Wildlife Vic, um, uh, Wildlife Victoria, who who look after injured wildlife, um, and they basically said, look, if you can do this, put it back into its nest, um, that'd be really good because we don't have any carers, we can't find any carers to look after these animals. And so a lot of the time, these animals don't stand a chance because there's no one to take them. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, we put our hand up to to do the training and we'll be doing that soon. And hopefully we'll have a little little sanctuary here. So that's amazing. I've also seen from your Instagram that you're a keen chicken fan. You've got chickens and you keep bees. <laughs> you keep bees as well. I, I, you should see my conversations have turned from talking about footy and going to the pub to now I speak to, to grannies on the street about the health of their chickens and bees and, <laughs> but this, but this, and... <laughs> you know what it's really important stuff though especially bees I've learned so much so basically my neighbor and I think we should probably do a bee special at some point she's uh, in Emmerdale she's in Emmerdale and she keeps bees and uh, we should actually do like a national bee special together but she's made I didn't realize that bee, like that's why over in the UK this year wildflowers have been allowed to grow much more and stuff because they're basically dying out but 
I've been in the suit and it's still quite terrifying, I have to say, when they're all like literally on your face. That suit doesn't stop everything. <laughs> no, no. Luckily, no, I've not got any. Uh, have you been? Have you been? Um, a bit, have you been stung then? Yeah, man. So I, I caught two swarms just on, on the weekend. Um, so a swarm is basically when the hive reproduces, they create another queen and then the queens fight it off. And then the old queen says, okay, who's coming with me? And she takes <laughs> all those bees with her to somewhere else and they'll sort of hang onto a tree nearby. And if you don't get that swarm, then they'll make a home in someone's um, letterbox and start building combs. So I had to go and collect a swarm. Wow. And you usually don't have to – the bees are usually really calm because they're full of honey for food and they don't care about protecting their hive. They're just huddling around the queen. So you don't need a suit, except this time I did, and I got stung 16 times. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, wow. But that was, that was just a nasty, nasty colony. Um, but speaking of bees, you know, Ryan Maloney has just – He's a commercial beekeeper now. He's got over 60 hives. I'm sure he's up to 70 by now. Is he? Yes. He started a company called Beach Box Honey. He builds his own um, beehives. He's he's got them absolutely everywhere. He just helps Ben Hall get it, get his first hive. So Ben oh, Hall wow. plays Ned. Uh, do, you ta- do, you take well. the, um, do you take the credit for that? Did you get him into bees? No, 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 no. He got, well, he sort of got me into bees. Well, we, we got, we've got all the, ve- like heaps of veggies, um, and the, yeah, this is another sidetrack thing, but basically our zucchinis weren't being pollinated. So I was hand pollinating our zucchinis and we thought wow. we need bees. And so we got a beehive and our zucchinis started pollinating themselves with bees. Um, so that's why we started with beekeeping. Amazing. And Ryan's got the Thomas family, honestly, the most one entrepreneur, like you said, and entrepreneur family there are. They've got their finger in so many pies. It's quite unbelievable. I know Adam really well. And yeah, it's just they they need that. Well, they've got they had their own documentary program over here with their dad, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw that. But um, but but diverting away from Adam and Thomas because of the chickens as well. I mean, I'm so random today with you on the podcast because we're going to do because there's not much to find out about you. We're finding out enough. We're going to do a random chicken quiz. Um, <laughs> this takes me back to my days on Saturday morning telly where you do the most random stuff oh, with wow. them. This is so, um, okay. I remember with, do you remember the band Atomic Kitten? And we played How Much Is That Pussy in the Window with them on Saturday morning television. There we go. So, random chicken <laughs> quiz. How many vocalizations do chickens have to communicate with each other? You're basically going to learn so much from me today. So, how I many? No, jeez, diff- I thought I'd be good at this. Well, I know that there's two of. So, when they lay an egg, it's usually. <laughs> <laughs> wow and when they're when they're trying to tell the other chickens that there might be food around they go oh, <laughs> oh wow really well there's 24 of those different 24 24 including like when the kids tell their parents they're comfortable like amazing how many, amazing is that how many faces how many human faces can chickens recognize i mean this i, I chose because you wouldn't know but these are just incredible questions like answers 26 no, a hundred. It's only because I said twenty-six before. A hundred faces. A wow. hundred faces. How clever are chickens? How That's right? So, so silly. You won't know this. You won't know this. I'm just going to tell you this. This is quite cool. So chickens <laughs> dream by t- we dream by REM, which is rapid eye movement, which means we dream. Yeah. They also dream yeah. half of that, and also by USWS, which is unihemisphere slow wave sleep, which means they can sleep with <laughs> half of their brain sleeping and half their brain awake. 
I can't believe the wormhole you went into about chickens because I've got chickens. <laughs> I know, mate. Just for you. I've spent right. my morning from six o'clock yeah, looking imagine. up random facts about chickens for you. <laughs> and uh, final chicken question. How many chickens are there in the world? <laughs> so well, the nearest billion. Oh, wow. Oh, let's just go 50 billion. No, it's 25 billion. But still, it's a lot of billion, chickens. Yeah. That's a lot of chickens. A lot of chickens. And it keeps going, mate, to end. We always end with this. And now you've got this one right after it. I mean, normally we don't have a chicken quiz, but that's the end of you, basically. (laughs) Bees, chickens and possums sums up. um, Sums up, Matty. And now the Pointless Neighbours game. (laughs) And you are against some of the other neighbours' cars. I've actually just had this message coming. I haven't listened to this, so I'm going to play this to you now. Okay. Can you tell everybody about the chickens oh. and how you live your life and how you're like never wearing your shoes down the coast? Because I think that's very important and all the viewers will want to know. Oh my God, how <laughs> weird is that? So I asked Zimmer to send me a message and she's, I was going to swear then. She's not, she's just come in with a message with Simon Chickens. How amazing is that? Was that just then? Jeez, you didn't really proofread that beforehand, did you? I <laughs> know uh, I didn't. Thank God she didn't live. send anything bad. Yeah, that was a live, almost a live voice message. But we've already talked about it, Zimmer. You're too late to the to the game. Um, so she, she did play this though, the neighbor's pointless facts game. Right. What is Erinsborough an anagram of? Oh, well, yes. Oh, you knew this. She didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you can rip her for that. So the um, how many countries watch neighbors? 50. 60. No, not far off. Oh. oh, I know you haven't got one. Just to reiterate, you haven't got one right yet. So, but, but they're very hard questions, mate. So it's fine. How many days would it take to watch all the episodes back to back? Oh, wow. I told you they were this, pointless. Some, some, some guy put this up on some drunk Aussie guy. Worked this out online the other day. Some drunk Aussie guy. Yeah. So if you were back to back constantly, I think he worked out it would take... Um, Something like seven months. Well, I've got, oh God, I'm used to some months. I've got 147 days. I don't know how many months that is. <sighs> well, well, you either go with us on the podcast or the drunk Aussie guy. Up to you, who you choose. Uh, I think- there have <laughs> been 15 births, 41 marriages, but how many deaths in neighbours? And I'm not sure when this was accurate, but ish. Sorry, say that again. So there's been 15 births, 41 marriages, yeah. one of yours. And uh, how many deaths so far on Neighbours? Oh, oh man, I'd say there'd be more. No, only 34, it, only 34 deaths. 34 deaths. Yes. That's a lot of deaths compared to births. That's a lot That's a lot of deaths compared to births. Areas where population's going down. And only 15 births. That's not many. I think we have about 15 a week over on our shows. Right. Well, mate, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Now you can hear me properly. We've, we've done chickens. We've done, it's been the most random soap podcast, but probably one of the best. So random. I think we've only just scratched the surface. Happy to come back on again, mate. Yes, can't mate. Can't wait to see you come over. To, it would to, be, uh, yes, let's hope we get to work together next year. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. It's been I'll a be pleasure. Thanks, Matty. Thanks, Lee. Thank 
you to the incredible Matty Wilson there. Will he be returning to Neighbours? We don't yet know. Watch this space. I spoke to him this week because I recorded that quite a while ago, that interview, and he doesn't know yet. He's still in the dark. Of course, there's a little teaser with Stefan Dennis, Paul Robinson, who you can also hear on the podcast, Jackie Woodburn, Susan, Alan Fletcher, Carl, and Ryan Maloney, Toady. They're all definitely going back, but the rest of the cast don't know yet. Of course, it was a very tight-knit circle, Jason Herbertson said, who is back as executive producer, and not everyone could know at the same time. So if you want to see Matty back, show your support on Soap from the Box. You can find us on Instagram at Soap from the Box and Matty's on Instagram as well. I hope you enjoy the interview. Congratulations to Neighbours for being back. I will see you next week. 